Hey everyone, welcome back to the Quality Life. We have a new series for you called Faith and Beyond, where I'm going to start interviewing people on their faith walk. Now let's get into our first interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's Joshua Prophet, yes. the co-host of Quality. Yes. And the creator of Wartown Creative. And your boyfriend. And my boyfriend. Yeah. Don't leave that out. <laughs> That's the most important yeah, one. Right. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Glad thank, to be here. Thank you for being my first guest. Oh, thank you for having me. Can we start off by talking about yourself a little bit? And what is your thesis for life? By myself? Well, I'm a pretty go-with-the-flow kind of guy. Um, I have, of course, set goals. But, you know. I just like to take my time getting to them. You know what I mean? It's not like a, I got to do this by this time, this by this time, this by this time. Um, grew up playing baseball. Um, so that gave me a lot of life lessons that have put me where I am today. And, and baseball is a game of failure. And so that's been one of the big things is learning how to deal with failure outside of sports, right? Just in life when, you don't accomplish something, uh, it's how you deal with it and how you respond that determines the type of person you are rather than you know, anything else. And so, yeah, grew up playing baseball. I was always in church. And so that's kind of how I came to the faith. Actually, my cousin shared the gospel with hey, me. Hey, you're, you're talking too, you're going too fast. I'm not going too fast. <laughs> oh, we're I'm, not there I'm yet. Just touching, I'm just touching on <laughs> okay, a couple of things. Okay. And that's what kind of brought me to faith. And, you know, I started writing songs and music and stuff. And now here I am. Now, uh, my thesis for life, I would say, um, I have five, but my favorite one is probably life is archery practice. You always have to be aiming at the highest possible value to become the best possible person that you can be. And I believe that is rooted in the example that we have in Christ. So we should be aiming to be like him, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation. He had, you know, the world on his back, like literally the sins of the world on his back. And he's pleading with God, no. Do I really have to do this, right? Mm -hmm. In the garden before he was nailed to the cross. But he understood his calling. He understood the sacrifice that he has to make. And so we should be able to do the same thing. So life is archery practice. You got to sacrifice time. You got to sacrifice, you know, things to sharpen yourself, to get good at the game of archery, to hit the bullseye. Because if you don't hit the bullseye, then you're in sin. Like, because sin means literally to miss the mark. So. It's kind of where the thesis comes from. Mm, that's one of the first things he shared with me. That is, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's what got me. What was that? Was it, was it that that got you? Uh, it was a few other things, but uh, that okay. was one of them. Mm, okay. Now, moving on to the next topic. Right. Touched on it a little bit. Mm. What is your testimony? And right. how old were you when you fully surrendered your life to Christ? Ah, okay. My testimony. So, like I said, yeah, my cousin shared the gospel with me. Uh, when I was young, it's over a little bit. Yeah. Cousin shared the gospel with me when I was young. I think I was like eight, eight or nine. We went to Thanksgiving, Kansas, and, you know, they were always about it. They were reading their Bible every day. 
and we would go to church, but I wasn't like, you know, like in the word heavy. I mean, I was just going because that's, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, Michael, shared the gospel with me. And we were up late at night and we were just, you know, just talking. Lights were off and we were just talking. He was like, are you saved? I was like, saved? Like, <laughs> what do I need saving from? Uh, that's what I was thinking. A little eight-year-old brain. Right, right. And I think at that point he was like 11 or 12 because he's a couple years older than me. But he was like, well, you know, Jesus died on the cross and you have to, you know, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And he went through, you know, the gospel with me. And I was like, man, that's real. And at that moment, I prayed, confessed to Jesus. And I was like, I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, that doesn't, like, people can just say, you know, that you're saved. Anybody can say, oh, I'm saved. Yeah. Right? Just like anybody can say literally anything. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it true until you start walking out that faith some actions right. though right because faith without works is dead so like you're saved by grace through faith through your faith but your faith is demonstrated by your actions and so ever since then it's been steps to you know sharpen myself in my actions and how i conduct myself and trying to convey that to other people because you know our actions tell you what our hearts really about and so if we can't clean that up, then it's <laughs> going to be a tough road. Yeah. Okay. So, so you said you're eight. Was there a point from being eight to being 25 now where you kind of drifted from the faith? Or were you just always like, oh, yep, I am surrendered completely um so i would say i mean i would there's been points where i was like ah, is this really real or points where i'm like ah, like if i just walked away like i could just do whatever i want the problem is you can't really just do whatever you want like people think freedom is just oh i could just go do whatever i want mm-hmm. but like if you were i was listening to jordan peterson um yesterday He was like, if you're just, he plays this game where he says, I'm going to drop you off on an island with nothing. Go do whatever you want. And people are like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Right? Because freedoms actually requires constraint. Right? You have to have, you know, certain, you got to be playing within a game to actually know what true freedom is. And true freedom is being at the top of the game, basically winning the game, making the choices, doing the steps. That's why sports, especially the guys, is so attractive because it's like, let me come up with the game plan to win the game because winning the game is the freedom. That's what sets you free. And so that's, that's all life is. And I think that's what Jesus ultimately displayed. It's like, no matter the circumstance, you have to do know you have to live out the purpose your responsibility you have to make choices that pinpoint right at that ultimate responsibility his responsibility was to die on that cross and he couldn't escape from it and so you have to determine what it is that God has for you you gotta you gotta let that be revealed to you so say like for you for instance you want to share the gospel in like a media space like this 
So you got to set a goal and then you have to make those conscious decisions. Every decision that you make has to be towards that goal. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're going to have to sacrifice things, right? You're going to have to maybe not hang out with friends as much or maybe do this or spend a little more time on some things that you don't necessarily want to do. You hit that goal, but there's going to be freedom when you do hit that goal or as you're working towards that goal, because you know that that's the calling that God has in your life. And that's true freedom. True freedom's not just succumbing to your feelings. Mm -hmm. If all you do is succumb to your feelings, then you're just, you're literally putting yourself in bondage to your flesh, like to your earthly desires. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because you're like, um, you can't really run from whatever your purpose is in a sense. Um, right. But like, like for me with the spreading the gospel through media, mm-hmm. um, there have been points where it's like, oh, I'm just not going to like create anything. But then the desire is always still there and it's like right. pressing. Right, it's that itch that you, <laughs> yeah, you don't even it's know. Like, it's like it's inside of you. You got to go. Out. And so it's like, yeah, set. you have to give yourself responsibility because responsibility is what's going to give you the purpose. Mm-hmm. Right, because response meaning is rooted in the stuff that you take on, what you're responsible for. And so, if you got something that's bubbling inside of you that you're like, "Man, I got to do this," right? Then you need to take on some responsibility to satisfy that action or to that's in line with that itch, yep. right? And so you're like, "I got to make content." Okay, well, let me plan out some videos and. Let me execute the videos. Like, give you start giving yourself responsibility rather than just being like, "Yeah, I want to, but I don't feel like it." Yeah. Then, back then you to, don't get anywhere. Right, that's the bondage of the flesh, right there. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next topic. All right. If you could pick one thing you were saved from, what would it be? Ooh, one thing I was saved from. I think just the need to please people. I think that's been the biggest thing because I think we all have, I mean, some people are more agreeable than others, Mm -hmm. but I think at the root of all of us, we want to be accepted and people that are more agreeable, which I tend to be a little more agreeable than probably most guys that can lead to, you know, just wanting to, you know, conform just so that you, you know, fit in or make people happy. You don't say what needs to be said so you can, you know, keep the peace, so to speak. But that ultimately doesn't keep the peace because if you let things just bubble over, right, then it's going to be a bigger mess than had you just addressed it, dealt with a little bit of confrontation and fixed it early, right? It's like with like a car or something like that, right? You get one leak might as well go get that leak fixed because if you don't then it could end up you know causing a bigger leak (laughs) yeah like then that might cause like something in the engine to go wrong or you you get what i'm saying and so you want to address problems as early as possible right that way that it just doesn't blow up in your face yeah um so like pleasing people uh scripture came to my mind galatians Mm -hmm. 110 Mm -hmm. Or I am now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm. And I think that's a good one right. because it's like, 
right, there we go. Because it's like, oh, we shouldn't try, be trying to please people. We don't need to, especially as Christians. Right. We answer to God and only God. Right. I, I totally agree there. I totally agree. <laughs> and so, well, yeah, and with that, it's like, you you gotta you gotta know what the highest value is and as a christian it's not that you're trying to be a jerk or trying to be mean you're just saying hey look this, this is, is my the, standard this is my standard this is what i choose to live my life by and so you don't have to i'm not forcing you to just like god's not going to force anybody to be with him that doesn't want to be with him mm-hmm. if you want separation from god that's cool. You don't have to be with God. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, just like David, right? And so mm-hmm. we have this standard that we are living up to. And I mean, if you don't want to give it the program, just don't give it the program. Like, it's, it's no hard feelings. I will still love you the same as I love my Christian brothers and sisters. But it's just, there's probably just certain scenarios that I'm, we're not going to just yoked on, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't have the same mindset for life and that's okay. What are some of those scenarios? Um, I mean, just having friends that don't believe mm-hmm. or just people in your life that don't believe like I'm or coworkers. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Christians who don't work at a church or don't work at a Christian organization where most people are claiming to be of the faith. And so you're going to be surrounded by the world, right? I mean, Narrow is the gate to heaven. So mm-hmm. even some of these people that are claiming that they're Christians and that they think they're Christians, you have to seriously, seriously like go through the process of saying, hey, am I aiming for the highest possible value that I can? Am I aiming at Jesus? Yeah, and I think uh, there's a misconception that all roads lead to God when really there's only one road to God that's through Jesus right so that I am the way the truth and the light exactly all right next topic was there ever a point in your life where you questioned your faith and leaned more towards atheism or that you questioned your life in general yeah, I think uh, everybody questions their life in general. As in, like, <laughs> you don't want to be here anymore. Oh, yeah. So there was definitely a point in college where I was like, hmm, yeah, I'm not sure if it's, if, um, if it's better to live or if it's better to die. So, yeah, there was a point. But that, that came because I didn't see the value of my own life and the value of what I could do on earth and ultimately kind of what brought me back was well if god gave you this life you might as well live it out to the fullest Mm -hmm. and see exactly what you can be right and jesus died not to show us what we can't be but to show us what we could be and so when i started getting back into the word um it was like sophomore year went through just you know a tough period in my life where I was just kind of questioning things. You know, I wasn't playing ball as well as I had been in the past. Wasn't That was kind of the first time that I wasn't making like just straight A's or just getting like grades that I was used to. 
Mm-hmm. I was like kind of suffering on, you know, in school. And so I was just like, man, this sucks. And then you got to be at this for baseball, got to be at this for baseball. And so, you it's know, just, lot. yeah, just a lot that weighed on me. And I was just like, you know what? I didn't feel like anybody cared or that anybody was there, but there was somebody that was always there that was looking after me. And mm-hmm. that was God. And ultimately he was like, you're not being the best that you can be. Right. And that's why you're unhappy because you're not striving to optimize who you are. This isn't what I called you to be. Right. Ew. And I think a lot of people, when they go through, you know, challenges like that, where they are questioning, they want to be here. They don't, they don't see the value that they actually are or the value that they could be. Right. Because we all need to have something that we're looking forward to, to continue going forward. Right. Because if you're not looking forward, then you're either going backwards or you're just standing still. Mm-hmm. And that could be a recipe for disaster. All good points. Um, next topic. And why have you chosen Christ and not another God or a school of thought? Biggest influence on your decision. So I think the biggest thing for me, I mean, of course I grew up in church, so I was exposed to the gospel, but I mean, you look at our civilization and it's literally rooted in not even necessarily the Judeo-Christian values, but just in what the word of God says. Like if you really dig deep into what, into the word and what it means, you can, you can see how a lot of things just line up. A lot of things line up with scripture, just our human nature, and that if we sacrifice in the way that the Bible tells us to, that we're going to live a meaningful life, right? We're going to live with meaning. We're going to live with purpose. And we're going to be, you know, content with our condition here because there's a lot of things in life that are unpleasant. But when you are called to live as a Christian or the way that we're called to live as Christians, there comes this peace, there comes this stillness with living out those principles. Also, a big thing in the Bible is like, don't forsake your assembly. So then you also have a built-in community that is riding with you. It's basically like a team, right? So you play sports, and especially in college, you're always with your team. And you know those are people that are going to have your back. But when it comes to the world, when you're facing the world, you have this huge team of people that you know hey you christian then okay come talk to me yeah hey, i'm struggling in this area hey let's talk about this thing or this doctrine or this doctrine or this way of living versus this way of living and let's just talk you know mm-hmm. and better ourselves and so i think that's the the really cool thing about christ and i mean also this the simple fact that we weren't sufficient enough to live up to the law of, of our, the Ten Commandments, basically, in the Old Testament. And God had to send his only begotten son to show us that this is what, this is what your fate is going to end up being unless you sacrifice and believe in me, right? It's because we're, we're, we're all sinners, right? Yes, absolutely. So imagine what people do, like they did that to a righteous person. Mm -hmm. So imagine what your fate would be as a sinner, 
burning. You're burning. Yeah, that's literally hell. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't, you know, take on that cross and bear it, then your fate is going to be even worse than that the fate of Jesus. Right? He bore that so you wouldn't have to go through it. Right? And so and all he asked you to do was trust in him and you know, bear good fruit. Go out and make disciples. But ultimately, just trust in him and love as he did and follow his example. That's all he asked you to do. That was the grace that was extended to us through, you know, through the Father because he cares for us that much. He knows that we can't live up to the standard. And so he sent the sacrificial lamb so that all we had to do was believe it in our heart, turn away from our sins, repent, and then we could be with him for eternity. I love it. So what would you say to people that say the Bible is not the authority? Um, I mean, I would think, I would just, I would challenge them to really dig deep into the Bible, but also dig deep into, like, just explore things, right? And see where the road takes you and ask for, like, truth and ask to be led to truth. And I think if you do that, you will see that the Bible is very true and how it aligns and how it, well, not only how it aligns, like, just in the world with the events of the world, but how it aligns with how we behave as people and just how, how it aligns with how we think as people. And so that, I mean, that's really all you can say to people who are like, that's not the authority yeah. because I'm not here to argue with anybody. Like mm-hmm. if, if you, you think that it's like, okay, well I think something different and here's why I think something different, but I'm not here to argue. So, I mean, I would just kind of lay that out to them. And I mean, if they just want to get all snappy, then I'm going to let them, <laughs> it, is I'm gonna let, it, is. it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not here to argue with people. I'm here to love you with the love of Christ. Yeah. Right. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't stand firm in my convictions and my beliefs, but I'm not going to be rude about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to you know, sit here and insult you about it. Yeah. And I think um, that took me a while to learn, like, we're not here to argue with right. people. We're not here to, I mean, we're here to spread the gospel, but if someone doesn't accept it, okay. Right. I said what I had to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are just going to have. That's between you and God at that point. Right. There's going to be a lot of people that are just going to have hardened hearts mm-hmm. towards the word or towards, towards God. Yeah. And they'll never be able to accept it or see it. And that's just the reality. So. Yeah. All right. Next topic. Are we on four or five? Five. All right. There we go. Yep. What do you think your life would look like today if you did not? Live for Christ or choose Christ? So I think it would be a couple of things. I mean, I think I would be searching for meaning. So I mentioned if the the example earlier, if you're dropped off on an island, like what would you do? Just left to your own devices. And I think that's what a lot of people are struggling with now. And so mm-hmm. they don't have anything they don't have a God. Well, they don't have anything to call God. And they want like the subjective truth where mm-hmm. they can just be what they want, <laughs> mm-hmm. do what they want, say what they want. 
but it's like there's no structure in that and you need mm-hmm. structure mm-hmm. and so they're turning to you know crazy ideas and sex is a god or love is my god to where they're going so hard for like these different ideas or money right all right. the things all so the things so they're going so hard yeah money or just you know just lust of the flesh lust of the eyes i forget what the other one is but they're they're turning to all these different things because they don't have the structure of god to aim at mm-hmm. right and so we're not left to our own devices because we have the structure of god and we're playing within his the principles that he set he gives us basically the boundaries because he's boundless mm-hmm. and then as we press against god he can enlarge the territory that's that's why that verse is there because it's like enlarge my territory but it's like well you have to press into god you have to keep sacrificing and like once you push the limits of where you can go with god it gives you a little bit more mm-hmm. and it gives you a little bit more and that's not that's not monetary or necessarily physical i mean it can be in a sense but that's going deeper in your mindset deeper and understanding who you are and understanding whose you are. Mm-hmm. Just enlarging your... T- and that's what it means. Because it's, it's, it's akin to lifting weights, right? It's like, okay, I want to get stronger, right? And say strength is, you know, in this scenario would be God, essentially. It's like to get stronger, to get strength, you have to push the limits of where you were. And so can't just sit there and lift weights that you can't already lift. You have to lift kind of the heaviest weights that you've been lifting. And then you got to attempt to lift something that you've never lifted before. And you got to max out. And then once you've done that, then you can start working on another goal that's even higher. And that's as Christians, that's what we have to do. It's like we get close to God, we get close to God, we're in our word, right? We push the limits of what we can, we max out. Sometimes we fail because sometimes when you're lifting weights and you go for a max, mm-hmm. right? You don't get it. Yeah. And that's okay. Sometimes we fall down. But like I said before, you're measured by how you respond to failure, not by well, you're measured by your response to failure. And so how you respond really tells you the character of who you are. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I think it's so important that to have that foundation with Christ before everything else falls into place. Right. Um, just because, I don't know, like for me personally, I was lost, as we talked about, just right. like trying to figure it out myself. But then once I put Christ as that centerfold and as the foundation, it was just like everything just fell into place. Fell into place. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other night. I was like, ooh, wow. Right, because it's that it's the structure. But it's not just it's not just having a structure. It's like, okay, I got that there that I need structure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you have to go about exploring, well, what is the best structure that I could be in? What is the highest structure? And that's why I always talk about value. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. That's what I should be seeking. Because if you're seeking something that's less than the highest value, 
And it's basically back to life is archery practice, right? You're sinning. It's like some people may not even know they're sinning. They may be just shooting darts and they may be scoring or shooting arrows and they may be scoring high on the dartboard, but they're not hitting that bullseye. And that's what you got to wake up every day and, and attempt to do, is attempt to hit that bullseye, to press forward, to be the best person that you can be. And the best person that we can be is rooted in aiming for Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. And now to end off the show, I have okay. a bonus question for you. I have a bonus question. My goodness. <laughs> you have two minutes left on earth. What is the last thing you would say to someone who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and who has not surrendered yet? So this is a great question. So I think I would just tell them my story in two minutes or less. So it's just like, hey, look, I was going through life at some points and it's hard. Like life is, life is very, very hard. But and I would ask them, like, because this is, this is the question I'd ask myself is, like, are you the best you that you can be? And some people are like, yeah, I'm out here living my life. And it's like, no. Like, if you were to look at yourself in the mirror, can you honestly say that you're being the best that you could be? Can you honestly say that you're sacrificing to, you know, live out a purpose that is in accordance to, you know, anything? We're, we're not even at God yet. More than likely, it's no, because we're all falling short. And I would say, like, look, we can go through the commandments right now, and I guarantee both of us probably break like four out of five or four out of ten, right? If not more. But Jesus came and he died because he knew that we weren't ever going to be sufficient enough. And because of that, we need to wake up every single day and strive to be sufficient enough. Because in that striving, in that faith, that's when we're truly saved. Awesome. I think we can end it there. Thank you, Josh, for being my first person. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) I loved it. Yay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. That is the end of today's show. And I will see you guys next time. And also, don't forget to live godly. Bye. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been looking outside with a flashlight. I was finding my way through the nightlife.